Hello and welcome to the Mind Your Leadership podcast. Today I will speak with Nadine Chori. Nadine Chori is a mindful sales expert. She's an executive and a top performer at CDW. She continues to win sales achievements awards for top growth after 10 years of selling technology to large businesses in Houston, Texas. Nadine's career kicked into high gear after implementing a mindfulness practice. So today we will hear from Nadine about the connection between mindfulness and leading sales. Stay with us. Hi, Nadine. It's great to be here with you. Hi, Karen. So great to reconnect with you. Yeah, after two years ago uh, in Wisdom 2.0. So, Nadine, um, let me introduce you and then we'll be happy to hear your insights. So, it's really exciting for me, the connection between mindfulness and uh, leading sales and the selling process. We'll be happy to hear about your path, the connection between these two aspects in your life, the sales and the mindfulness. And as you said, your career moved into high gear after implementing mindfulness. I would be happy if you can elaborate on it a little bit. What does it mean? How does it manifest in the day to day? Share with us your expertise and experience. Sure. Thanks. Yes, it's fascinating. The connection between sales and mindfulness. I was Karen that person who was taught that hustle is king or queen. Productivity resulted in how much, how many hours you're working. I was always five steps ahead, working, working, working. On the weekends, I thought the more I work, the more I would sell. And that did ring true for a while. But, you know, I was that person who would freak out if I didn't get to bed on time. So I could be at the gym at 5am and wake up, you know, anyone in my way, please move. I wasn't paying attention to you. I wanted to get to my gym, work out really hard, get that workout high, add on some coffee. So I was supercharged and amped and I could get to work and just hustle, 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 completely removed from everything around me, completely glued to my phone, going so fast, no eye contact. If people were trying to gauge me, I was just, hi, I got to go get to work because I got to go sell and removed from the present moment completely. It was very ego-based. I'm more important than you mentality. And it wasn't, it was um, not sustainable and not kind and certainly not present. And that all came to a screeching halt when my mother was diagnosed with breast cancer. Like many people who find mindfulness in a place of darkness, that's how it presented itself to me. Thankfully, she's okay. But it was this massive wake-up call that, hey, is this all really worth it? Your nonstop go, go, go mentality? You're missing the moment. Life is short. Your mother was just diagnosed with breast cancer. Wake up, sister. Get, get out of your head. Like, this is not what's really important. No more missing any moment. And so that's when I just put that message out there in the universe. Like, I don't know what this means, but I know that I need to stay more grounded and not miss any more moments. And that's when randomly people started talking to me about meditation and impermanence, this concept of the past is over, the future is out of our control, and we don't know what's going to happen in the present moment and really coming to grips with that. And 
slowly but surely, I started developing a sitting practice and I old school organic YouTube meditation. And I just started sitting and meditating and things started slowing down. The concepts that I was looking for in permanence and um, being in the present moment were exactly what this practice was talking about. So I kept going and I started really paying attention, you know, to what was around me, things started slowing down. I wasn't thinking about just myself. I was really listening. And it it was strange because I felt like I wasn't doing as much in terms of productivity at work, but I was closing more sales deals. So it was, it was wild. And I knew that it was because of my mindfulness practice. So my management would say, man, you're closing a lot of deals. What's going on? And I'm sitting here like, um, I'm just meditating over here, you know? So it was, it was really neat. And so I just kept going and that's where we are now. It's amazing because you say that in a paradoxical way, when you paused and took your time and was more present, things happened much more, right? You, you closed more sales. So you, it, it's not tangible, right? You can't explain it to a regular sale person. You know, go meditate and will you have two more clients or two more closures? But something in, in the state of mind has changed that impact the outside. Yeah, so I can explain how it manifests into sales a little bit more, if you like. Yeah. So in meditation practice, in a concentration practice, you know, it's a matter of sitting, letting things come and go and remaining focused. That is something that I was not doing as much of before. I was looking for transactional deals. I was all over the place. Whatever would come in my face, I would jump on it and try and get it done. I was missing the big picture, the more strategic. strategic picture. But by developing this practice where you're coming back to the present moment, the breath over and over, you develop this concentration practice, your ability to focus and be present and have patience grows so that when I'm sitting with these clients and we're having conversations, I'm able to develop a bigger, deeper, more strategic understanding of how their business works. I'm able to connect the dots with different pieces of their business, different projects, and bring more valuable insight and solutions because I have this deeper understanding. And that's a huge part of it, right? I went from being a super transactional, high run rate kind of seller to a way more strategic seller and became more fundamental in my client's business. is a strategic partner because they understood I was asking questions. How does that impact your business? You know, I sell technology. So what does that mean for the technology team? What other parts of your business does that impact? What if we could do it this way? So that was, that's how that presents itself. The other, the other thing that really comes up a lot in terms of business is having more compassion. And I know that might sound a little fluffy, but the reality is, When you're doing business and you're working on these million, multi-million dollar deals, things come up. We get frustrated with people. People say things they might not mean and things come across on email that might be interpreted in different ways. When you're in a mindfulness practice, you're really tuning in and looking within and you're able to have more compassion for yourself. You see your, your weaknesses, you see your strengths, you don't judge yourself and you start doing that with other people. 
So for example, you know, anyone in business knows you have challenging people, personalities, internal coworkers or clients or whatever. I had, I had an architect who I work with, a resource on my team who had a really bad attitude. And I would before maybe say, man, he's so hard to work with. I don't know what his problem is. What's wrong with you? But now anytime I encounter someone who seems like they have a chip on their shoulder, I give them a call and I say, hey, how are you? What's going on? Because nine times out of 10, usually 10 times out of 10, really, it's something that we don't know. Mm -hmm. So our ability to, so it's, it's, you know, my uncle is sick. My child is sick. My dog died. You know, I'm in a, I'm having a bad day. And with that deeper understanding, it allows us to remove the judgment and support them and ultimately develop a, a stronger relationship. That is huge in business. If you think about how much time as a business person you spend caught up in your own head about, oh, this person handled that meeting like this, or they should have done it like that, or why did it, you know, it, it, it takes you completely away from your job. I don't, I don't deal with that. I don't deal with that anymore. Amazing, because what yeah. I hear you say, and it's really important, and it's really the new state of mind that, you know, there's a saying that goes that business, it's the people, it's the connection between the people at the end of the day, right? So we're working with the yes. people, the person in front of us is a whole person, is a complete person. You have a lot of parts of him, parts of him that we know and parts we don't know. And as we deeper the connection with him and really see him, and even when we go along the corridor and see him, you can say, hello, I see you. What's happening with you? I see your trouble. He will be so grateful for it that you can see him as a person. And then he will, he will want to connect with you and to work with you because, you know, at the end of the day, we want to be seen, right? We don't want only to be functional. We want to work with people like us. We want to bother this aspect and really in the business world, I think this is the new paradigm. It's the ability to create communities. Communities, what does it mean? It means that we also work together, but we also connect on a personal level. We see each other, we give place to each other, we, we get to know each other in a per more personal way. Then we can come to work and it will be also fun because it's, I don't feel abused. I don't feel like coming that the organization uses me in order to achieve the goals. No, I'm a complete part of it and I'm complete part of the higher purpose, but as a whole person. So I think this is a crucial element, the mindfulness nowadays increase and we really need it. Otherwise, people feel abused and don't want to be there. They will be in the long, in the short term, yeah. But in the long term, and you said it also with the clients in the business world, when you sell them, when you really see your clients, you, when you really listen to what's needed, okay, I want to sell you this, but maybe it doesn't really need it. You need something else. And I'm listening and I can offer in the accurate solution in the long run, it will have a big impact. And this is what actually you're saying. Absolutely. The coolest things, Karen, that I've witnessed as part of this compassionate practice as you're describing, bringing your whole self, not being separate, connecting with people on a human being level versus us versus me versus you is when I have a, I've had a several challenging relationships in my internal, you know, from an internal coworker standpoint where we just either don't see eye to eye. And this has gone on for years. I've been there for 15 years. And by shifting the perspective and getting to know them and asking questions and sharing about myself and relating on that human level, our relationships have done a complete turn. And now some of those folks who 
used to keep me up at night in terms of, oh, I wish I could say this to that person or whatever, uh-huh. are some of the strongest members of my team and my key, key resources who I would be lost without. So just seeing that, and I have so many examples of that. And, you know, I look in the mirror and, and say, you know, that was a lot of my, I don't want to say fault. You know, there's a little bit of judgment, man. I wish I would have handled it that way, but now moving forward, that's how we interact together. And it's really cool. And, and also leading by example in that way, right? So when people come to me and say, man, can you believe so-and-so did this on that call? Or why did they do it like that? And I ask them questions did you call them and talk to them about that? Or did you ask what's going on with them? You know, they're like, man, I guess I didn't do that. And that is another cool piece is when people come back to you and say, you know, you were right. I should have picked up the phone and asked them some more questions because I found out what the truth is. That's a really beautiful, beautiful thing. It's amazing that the saying goes that when you assume Sorry, you make an ass of you and me. And usually that we, we yeah. do, right? We live in our minds. We have our own stories and we act upon our stories. Sometimes the story doesn't connect to the reality, but we are going with the story. Instead of having the courage to go and even have a difficult conversation with a colleague and open and be frank and see what will emerge from the conversation. Usually, even if it's a conflict, if it will come from a compassion and really a centered place, good thing will happen, right? 100%. It's funny you say that. Um, as you know, I lead meditation each week at CDW, the company I work for, uh-huh. which is an $18 billion global tech sales company with close to 10,000 coworkers. So when you're describing leading from a place of compassion, I was thinking about a meditation I led recently based on the book, The Four Agreements, which mm-hmm. is a book that changed my life, especially in business. And if you're familiar with The Four Agreements, the second agreement is don't make any assumptions. Mm -hmm. or excuse me, that's a third. Don't make any assumptions. The second is don't take anything personally. So just that idea of having the courage to pick up the phone and have the conversation. I think a lot of people get stuck because they feel like it's confrontation. They're just not comfortable with picking up the phone and just calling it out, you know, but, but I tell them just as you described, if you're coming from a sincere place of, I care about you, and I, I care about your well-being. Something seems off. And I just want to check it out with you. Nobody can get mad at you for that. That's Nobody it. can be upset for, for, for you inquiring as a, one human to another saying, what's going on? I'm just checking things out. You don't seem like yourself. Just wanted to check in. And that's where the real magic happens. That's right. And you, you mentioned it, that you also lead sales in very big company. And at the same time, you have another head, right? Implementing the mindfulness aspects in the corporate world. So it will be really interesting to hear what do you do in the other head you have about the mindfulness in your corporate world? What do you lead there? How do you implement it? How does people react to this aspect? The, yes. the new aspect of you that they, of Nadine that they didn't you before. It's also interesting how they, they react to the fact that you're starting alongside leading the sales, now leading the mindfulness aspect. So it's amazing. It's like a, two contrasting areas. Two contrasting areas completely that I kept separate for as long as I could because I felt that the meditation and mindfulness was such a personal, private, solo journey, maybe a little 
woo woo at the time. I mean, I started it seven years ago and I was really hesitant to bring it to CDW or any other company that I teach at. So I would go each year to Wisdom and the conference in San Francisco where we met and hear about all these different tech leaders who started implementing the mindfulness and meditation at their tech companies. And slowly but surely, I started dipping my toe in the water. I'll never forget, there was a speaker there from Intel, and we connected on the street. And I said, I want to do what you're doing. And she said, just book the conference room. Just book the conference room. So easy. And see what happens. Yeah, it's as simple as that. And I did. And that was like five or six years ago. And I started just, you know, giving my spiel about connecting deeper with clients and sharing about yourself and you're finding your authentic voice and meditation and mindfulness and describing what that means. I was completely just going with what I thought. And the group grew from three to five. And then I started speaking at other companies. You know, I started incorporating these worlds when people would say, what do you do? I would say, I'm a tech sales leader, but I'm also a mindfulness speaker. And I think that people get really hung up and feeling like they have to decide on one particular path. It's so saddening to me. And my big message is you can do both, whatever it is, whether it's mindfulness and meditation or another passion. I think the most beautiful thing is when people are able to integrate their two worlds and you can do both. You don't have to quit your job and feel hung up. Like I did for many years, I knew I always wanted to be a speaker and I would beat myself up when I watched YouTube videos of other speakers talking and say, that should be me, but I'm stuck now in sales. What am I going to do? Just do both. Just book the conference room. That's my advice. So started your company and speak there. Start from the ground at your head. Exactly. No matter what it is, it, it really, and people told me that too, you know, find schools who want to hear from you or create a, you know, now in COVID, create a, create a YouTube channel, create, you know, Instagram stories. I'm really big on Instagram. I post a lot there and people start tapping me and saying, Hey, can you come speak at my company on different topics, sales and mindfulness, or can you lead meditation for our kickoff meetings? So now you know, I've done that at Salesforce. I work with LinkedIn. I work with, you know, Vital Proteins, Trunk Club, a lot of cool companies. But each week I lead a meditation at CDW. We have anywhere from 50 to 450 people each week. And the coolest thing, Karen, back to our conversation is that we have people from credit, operations, you know, field services, even C-level executives join each week. And we, we show up as human beings. Mm -hmm. It's like, is a salesperson, <laughs> sometimes we're known to get in disputes with our credit team. None of that matters. It is completely showing up where you are and sitting together as a group and the beautiful connections. It's like people are craving to drop their titles, drop their day job, you know, identity and show up as a human being with challenges and emotional, you know, mental, whatever, physical challenges and just be who they are, you know, and, and sit and, and just see what comes up and connect over that. It is the coolest thing. So that's been going on for over a year. 
And yeah, the feedback is unbelievable. I mean, every day I get messages and it's just growing and it's been really neat to your point about combining those two worlds for me. It was, uh, it's now comfortable, but at first it was scary and um, I'm just going to keep doing it because people are people and everybody's got stuff. So we all just want to connect and be seen, like you said. And this platform really just gives us all an opportunity to be seen. So it's amazing because you say it's resonate within the culture that people coming from different aspects, divisions, and are connected to it. Even that you were the leader, that you brought into the organization, that you didn't really know who will cooperate. But this is what I found, that in each organization nowadays, there's a the change agent, right? That they are ready to practice and to implement it. That they are doing it in their own time. But now the ability to bring it to the organization and to enable this space and pause and the reconnection, enable them also to bring it to the day-to-day in the corporate world. So it's amazing to see that people are looking for it, for this new tools to pause, to deal with the world. Usually when I speak with leaders, sometimes it's HR managers, they say, I don't know how the people will react. I don't know how the leaders will react. And it's amazing because surprisingly, I experienced it a few times that managers there said, ah, yes, I'm practicing mindfulness already. I'm practicing meditation. They say, ah, really? I didn't know it about you. So it's amazing because I know it already because I work with various organizations. I know that in each organization, there are the people that on the front line that I practice in this, but I They don't speak it out loudly in the corporate world because maybe they think there's no place for it. But once you give it the space and the place, people are showing up and say, wow, that's great to be practicing it. So this one thing that resonated. Another thing that I thought when you talked, it's interesting because I had a talk today with a client and we talked about the places in the business world thinking where to go. is not sure if it's the right time to act in the COVID. And... And I thought, oh, look, I think COVID came to pause to stop us all and to invent ourselves, adjust ourselves to find our accurate place. So I think it's a great time, although it's a lot of uncertainty, but this is the opportunity to really go forward and to see what we need to do. And they say, yes, you know, but in, in my personal life, I do practice and uh, nourish myself and go to places to develop and evolve. So... And for me, I always thought it doesn't need to be disconnected. It doesn't need to be two parts of us. I think at the end of the day, we need to integrate all of the parts of us at the same time. So it's also the cells and the meditation. It's, I don't see it. It's a paradox, all right? Because the both of them actually are different, but, but are not. Right? Because for, if we think about it, to be a good cell person, you really need to listen deeply to yourself and the other. It's the basic element. You know, my spouse is really an expert in, uh, in selling. And he always <laughs> told me, <laughs> you need to really listen, to really be interested in the person that you're selling to. So actually, it's, this is mindfulness, right? This is the ability to listen. So it's, if we look at it in this way, it's not really different. It's in a deep right. layer. It's the same. So it's kind of a paradox, but it integrates both of them. And then you are complete because then Nadine can come to work and be complete and even be a better version of herself because you're really selling from a deep and frank place. Then the sale is even better, right? Here's what I've noticed. So you, you hit the nail on the head in terms of deep listening. It is mindfulness and it absolutely goes hand in hand with sales. As salespeople, we are taught to ask a ridiculous amount of questions, but they're perfunctory. What is your budget? What is your timeline? Who is your boss? You know, we, you know, questions like that. 
um, and just grill the customer with questions. Mm-hmm. But they are not connecting questions. So what I encourage salespeople to do, where they, you know, if you're on the phone as a seller, which my job is, I do visit with clients in person, but a lot of people are inside salespeople and somebody calls you and just grills you about questions. That's not going to be received really well. They're missing the mark because not only are they not asking questions about them as a human being, but they're not sharing about themselves. When I talk to sellers and they say, you know, what is the advice you would give me? I say, how much do your clients know about you? And they have to think about it for a minute and realize that, man, I might be just another voice on the phone. They don't know what I did last weekend. They don't know where I live. They don't know about my family. And so I really encourage salespeople to share tidbits about themselves. Of course, it's a fine line. Mm -hmm. You want your client to know that you're there for business. You don't want to create a dynamic where all you do is talk about each other and your friends and stuff. You are there for business, and but you do share about yourself. So they know that you're a human being too. And that's where the connections form. So a perfect example of that would be talking about what it's like working from home during COVID. I could tell you so many stories about what my clients are up to, or if their kids are going back to school, or, you know, if their partner is working, or I even video call with their kids, and they see my kids. I mean, all of my clients know I'm having a baby soon, you know, things like that. That's where the beauty comes in is connecting as human beings, and really taking yourself from, oh, that salesperson to a human being a salesperson who, a human being who just happens to be in sales. And it's pretty magical and and really to see those uh, relationships go to the next level. Yes. So it's at the end of the day, as we said, it comes back to a personal relationship. You know, when it's funny because it reminds me in the beginning of my career, I'm also really goal oriented and, you know, like you were in the the past. And I remember that I didn't understand. It was like 20 years ago. I talked with a colleague and I didn't understand. I said, why should I have a small talk with a colleague? Uh I want to coming to achieve the goals, you know? And I didn't understand. And then there was a tip that we learned that they call it the three anchors. Anchor one, to have a small talk. Come to their space, to their office, and you can refer to a picture of their children, to something that is personal, to start a conversation. It's called the three picks. The other pick is in what they're saying. Listen to what they're saying. And if they're saying something that is not connect directly, you can refer to it. You know, if you said, yes, I'm learning abroad. And I, so what are you learning? You know, making a personal, connection or third pick is to refer to the body language you know if someone looks at the watch say okay I see you in Ari so for me at the beginning it was really getting out of my automatic behavior because I didn't understand why we need to invest time in personal relationship. Let's go to business, you know. And I think a lot of the people in the West world goal-oriented, right? We need to achieve, to deliver the goals and forget the people. We, we don't understand why we should invest so much time in it instead of doing work. But in a paradoxical way, as we invest more time in this aspect, the work is done by itself. As you said in the beginning, I stopped and I meditate. And then I think it impact you in the fact that you come to the meetings much more present listening and it shortens the conversation because you really understand what they need it can be five minutes of listening instead of 15 minutes pretending to be listening but actually waiting that they will stop talking right right it makes me a little sick sometimes to see 
when salespeople just show up and they just start selling. So I do a practice where I will, at the beginning of every meeting, whether it is a conference call, video call, in-person meeting, whatever, where I'll start by saying, it's, it's somebody taught it to me, it's called purpose benefit check. So I start every meeting by saying, the purpose of this meeting is to discuss the challenges you're facing with X, Y, and Z. And the reason we're having this meeting is because we believe some of the tools that we have will help you solve that challenge by XYZ. And then the check is, are we all on the same page? Is that what you want to see today? Or am I totally off base? And it is so fascinating to do that check because sometimes they'll say, you know what? Most times they'll say, you're right on target. Yes, perfect. Let's go. Other times they'll say, yes, but I also want to hear about these two things, or can we remove that part of the agenda and just focus on this? And very rarely will it be, no, I don't want to hear about that. I want to hear about something else, but it could happen. And, and think about that as a salesperson, if you just show up and you just start selling what you're selling without checking out with the customer to confirm that's what they're, they care about, that's it. You're over. They won't talk to you again and you will have no idea why. So I think that that is a mindfulness practice also just becoming more aware of the client's complete needs versus just go, 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 automatic mode to your point. Nadine, it's really exciting to speak with you. Before we wrap up, do you have another tip or something that you personally experience and want to share with the listeners what they can take from this conversation and maybe implement even tomorrow beyond the listening and all the great stuff we talked about? Yeah, I think the thing I'm most proud of and really what I want to get out to people is that notion of doing both. It saddens me when people feel like they can't, they have to keep their two worlds separate no matter what it is that you're doing, your passion, and it's hidden in the back. People want to see your greatest service, even in the most unexpected places like your corporate job. Sharing that about yourself, bringing that to your forefront, even if it's you think it's kind of strange, like a woo-woo meditation like I did seven years ago, and telling people about it, talking about it at your next gathering or party or meeting, just sharing, hey, this is what I dig. This is what I'm into. This is what serves me. This is what makes me feel good. And seeing how it's received, you never know what it can blossom into. And I would encourage people to to do that. So you say dare to show up, be courageous and dare to bring yourself fully, even if you don't know how people will react to it. And surprisingly, alongside the fear, good thing probably will happen, right? New worlds will open, new connection will emerge. So it's really exciting. It's, I think what I want to conclude what you say, like it's really holding the tension between the, the anxiety, the fear of going forward to the uncertain alongside the passion, the excitement, right? It's holding both of them and understanding it will be together and not let the fear paralyze us. Absolutely. And knowing that not everybody is going to get it, but mm-hmm. the right people will. Great. Nadine, thank you very much. I really enjoyed our conversation. It was insightful and inspiring. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. I love what you're doing. I think it's such an important conversation, and I can't wait to keep following your journey and sharing the word um, amongst my peers about what you're doing, Karen. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Nadine. This was Nadine Cherie. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. You're invited to subscribe to our podcast, Mind Your Leadership, and see you hopefully in our next podcast. Till then, have a great day and 
बाय बाय